Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Hey family, it's Thursday, so it's time to get your pod on. This is episode 10 of season two, Living the Dream. In this season, I'll be chatting with some of the most successful barbecue entrepreneurs out there about the different types of businesses you can get into and what it takes to be successful. One thing I love about the barbecue scene is that there are always friendly faces around, and there are a few friendlier than my mate Gus from Gus Face Griller. Gus hails from Perth, Western Australia, and is one of the lead players in the barbecue scene over there. He's made a name for himself as a blogger, Instagram breaker, barbecue teacher, and of course, competitor. In this episode, we're going to get into how and why he started his famous blog, Gus Face Griller, and how he grew from this humble beginning to running a full-fledged barbecue business. Gus is really positive, really inspiring, and by the end of this episode, you'll be on WordPress and starting a blog of your own. So go grab yourself something hot, sweet, and sticky, slap it in a bun, and let's get on with the show. This is the Smoking Hot Confessions Podcast with barbecue pitmaster Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Our modern society is in a revolution at the moment. After years of exploring how we can use technology to better process our foods, We're now heading back the other way, realizing that traditional farming produces better tasting and healthier food. At the forefront of this movement is Pure Meats Robina. Not only are they a low and slow specialist butcher, they pride themselves on stocking ethically sourced organic products to help you give your family the delicious, proper balanced diet they need. Their meats come direct from Aussie farmers and are broken from carcass on site. Not only that, but all their products are made on site. From healthy, ready-to-cook stir-fries for the time poor, to my favourite, the smoked crocodile cabana. And for you competitors out there, I can tell you that the quality of the competition meat is not only outstanding, but most importantly, it's consistently outstanding. So do yourself a favour and head to facebook.com slash puremeatsrobina to find out more. Welcome to The Confessional, Gus. The first thing I have to ask you is, what was the last thing that you barbecued? Uh, so the last thing I barbecued, uh, it's not even a joke, but it is actually burgers. Um, so I, we cooked burgers yesterday because we were supposed to do a, a burger masterclass that got cancelled due to weather. So I had a, a surplus of ingredients. But I, I sort of I, I was thinking because I know that you ask everyone that, and I thought that might sound a bit cheesy, but it is actually the last thing I barbecued. What like how do you solve that situation where things like a masterclass gets gets cancelled because of weather? Uh, awesome. I mean, this one it wasn't too bad. So we we were down at Beer and Beef Festival um, for for the weekend, and we had a couple of masterclasses on the Saturday, and then one scheduled for the Sunday, which um, got cancelled for weather. It, it, it wasn't too much of an issue in in, in this case. So um, yeah, I think they they made a call because it was going to be bad for the festival overall. Uh, in terms of turnout, and we were happy to run with that. So, and you know, ending up with a, a few extra burger ingredients at home isn't necessarily such a bad thing. No, no, well, it always goes to a worthy cause. Exactly, that's right. You know, I had to I had to drink uh, enough burgers for uh, or eat enough burgers for thirty people. So, <laughs> it's a it's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we we got a couple of helpers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So we've we've been back and forthing over the internet for a while now, but I actually met you in person in Melbourne at the uh, at the Great Meatstock Melbourne Festival, and um, I, you know, I, as I said, I've seen your photos and videos popping up all around the place. So, what have you been up to this year, twenty seventeen? Yeah, so well, I mean, yeah, twenty seventeen's been a um, a big year on many fronts, I guess. So um, probably probably the first one I better address is I had a daughter. Uh, three months ago, so I'll get in trouble if anyone listens to the podcast and I don't uh, list that one off first. So, um, yeah, Evelyn is uh, three months old uh, as of a couple of days ago. So that's obviously um, taken up a fair bit of uh, uh, time and, and thought and it's been you know, really good. Yeah, congratulations um, on that, mate. That is a big one. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's been fantastic. Um, around the same time as, as she was due, I, I thought I'd start um, Perth Barbecue School and start doing some barbecue classes so I'm, I'm not sure about my uh, sanity with the the timing of uh, launching that around the same time as, as the birth of my daughter but it sort of just kind of led to that uh, naturally 
Um, it was sort of off the back of, um, obviously, I met you at uh, Melbourne Meat Stock. Um, Jay was kind enough to have me along to um, both the, the Australian-based meat stocks uh, to talk about burgers um, at both of those. So um, that's probably half of the uh, push that I needed to get the classes off the ground as well, I think. So, um, you know, I've been kind of umming and ahhing about it for a while and doing those, I sort of thought, well, I do really enjoy Talking about barbecue, as um, Tony Gimilaro can probably attest. <laughs> that's a bit of the kettle calling the pot black there, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. Um, but, yeah, that, that gave me the uh, the shove that I needed, and so I, I launched the classes, and, and they've been going really well as well. So 2017 has probably been about, um, been about starting a family and starting a barbecue class. So that's probably the, the two key points. Oh, yeah. So on top of that, do you also compete? Yeah, actually, um, we have competed a couple of times this year. So it's, I think my mind's been so focused on the other things, I, I neglected those. So um, the start of the year was actually a good run for us. So uh, my team, the Griller Bees, uh, at the start of the year, we were uh, lucky enough to uh, – we competed twice uh, at the start of the year, uh, February at Smoking in the Port, and uh, – it was March for pork and cider competition where we got uh, RGC and GC respectively. Um, so that was that was a big deal for us. We'd sort of uh, we've been up there as contenders, but uh, we hadn't really walked away um, you know, with the big bickies. So that was um, that was massive for us, especially getting the grand champion at pork and cider. Um, we then went on. I competed as Gus Face Griller at um, Yaks Festival, um, where it was. Yeah, really stoked to walk away with the reserve grand champion for that. So it was the uh, the biggest um, comp we'd actually had in uh, Perth to date. So, and actually the first time in Perth we'd had people come from interstate over to us. Usually it's the other way around uh, due to sort of a lack of comps over here. We're usually travelling over there. Um, this time actually people travelled to us, and yeah, it was super stoked to walk away with um, a couple of trophies from that one as well. So yeah, it's been a big year for competing, which has sort of taken a back seat at the moment, but. Um, yeah, absolutely love uh, the comp scene as well. Yeah, congratulations, mate. It sounds like it's all coming together for you. Uh, you just mentioned before that you usually end up traveling to the East Coast to uh, to compete. Um, what's that like logistically? Do you fly in, fly out, or do you load it all up and travel across the Nullarbor like uh, like Sandgroper, or how do you put that together? Yeah, well, so when I say we travel, I'm all in the person in general. I'm, I'm not uh, cut from the same cloth as Boyd from Sandgroper, I don't think. I am. Um, I call him the hardest working man in barbecue because he, uh, I think last year, oh, he must have done about half a dozen trips back and forth across the Nullarbor um, to compete. So he's um, he, he's cut from a different different cloth to I am, I think. I haven't quite figured that one out. I, I usually prefer to go and um, jump on other people's teams like uh, like Tony from Beard and the Barbecue and uh, go along, lose most of his uh, gear during the night so that when he comes back after having a bit of a nap, uh, you know, just got to make him work for it. <laughs> that sounds good to me mate i love the sound yeah. of that but yeah I mean, it's, it's the tyranny of distance um competing over in um over in the eastern states from, from perth is it's a long way so you know some guys like their yeah, boy do the nullarbor trip you know other people sort of big borrow and steal and fly in and uh um you know use whatever gear they can on the ground so i'd, I'd certainly love to compete under the um the own banner at some point but it's just from a logistics point of view um you know a bit difficult at the moment well, mate, I reckon if you uh, if you put the call out there, I reckon there'd be no shortage of volunteers who'd uh, who'd lend you their stuff to cook on. Oh, absolutely, and that's that's the great thing about the scene. You know, um, everyone's always happy. You know, for a competition, um, everyone's always happy to help each other, which you probably don't see in you know a great deal of sports necessarily. You know, um, you might lend someone something and they go on to beat you, and it's all sort of part and parcel of it. You know, we're not really a scene where the the money's that big that you going to hold back on lending someone something no you'd you'd never see a professional tennis player uh you know share their racket with somebody else but uh, yeah, it's 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 not right. uncommon to see barbecue teams swapping things back and forth which is one of the things i love about the sport to be honest oh exactly that's right you know you, you're certainly not in it for the for the money nor should you be so taking things back a few steps mate where did the barbecue journey start for you yeah well i mean it sort of depends i think with most passions, you kind of have different different jump off points in many respects. So, um, I guess yeah, I've got different different elements of where I got into barbecue. So, 
growing up, um, old man was always into doing doing sort of special occasion roasts on the Weber. So Christmas, you know, always featured a, a pork roast on the Weber and things like that. So when I first moved out of home, um, naturally I, I, I bought a Weber. Um, I think you know Gumtree or Birdside. Back then they were only about ten or twenty dollars, so not like the uh, the crazy prices they're going for at the moment. <laughs> um, and at that time, it was just yeah, something I could cook roasts in because that's what you know that's what I thought their sole purpose was. Uh, so did that for a little bit, um, and then sort of one day you know started to see some pulled pork and different things like that floating around. And um, at that time, I didn't realise the Weber was capable for that, so I went and bought a Hark Trifire um, offset mainly because I thought you know as a lot of people do, you know, an offset is the the biggest baddest looking style of smokers so that's you know that's that's the one for me so um when i bought that that's when i started gus face griller um as a blog because uh at that point no one i knew was into it so you know no, no one really was doing smoking none, none of my friends were um no one else sort of around perth was so i thought well i'll document my progress and see where we go from there um and at that time it was it was sort of just a side project it was something i was vaguely into uh, and not long after that um, people like Tony and um, I remember Drew from Barbecue Mafia as well started chatting to them on uh, Instagram uh, Australian Barbecue Alliance started around that time and and suddenly you know at that point it was there was about a thousand people on there and I was like wow thousand people into barbecue who would have thought and you know from there as you know it's uh, blossomed to you know m- much much more than that. Yeah, I think they're just a touch under forty-five thousand now in their uh, in their barbecue alliance group there. Oh, that's right. You know, at the time I was, yeah, I was stoked to find it. You know, a thousand people into barbecue, so it's just it's gone gone bananas. It has, yeah, cuckoo bananas, as my son would say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, mate, so what sort of time frame was that? The the development into full blown obsession was it a rapid descent or was it measured and deliberate? Um, no, I, I definitely don't think it was measured and deliberate. Um, I think sometimes with these things, it's not till you look back at how it all evolved and you sort of go, how did I get to here? Um, you know, at the time it was just a, a side project, um, you know, like a hobby, like you, you'd pick up anything. And I think suddenly you just keep moving with it and then suddenly you look back and go, how did I end up here? Um, yeah, definitely not measured and deliberate. It was more just an evolution um, by being, sort of part of something. I mean, certainly over the 18 months, last 18 months, as, as you'd know, it's really just gone gone absolutely mental in Australia. You know, the, the, the comps really ramped up across uh, across the country. Um, vendors have been popping up everywhere. So it's just sort of been a, it's been a crazy ride, I think, for anyone that's been involved with it. And you just sort of run with it and see what happens. Yeah, it's definitely um, very exciting to see it all, uh, to see it all taking off. Um, one of the highlights for me was seeing the uh, the Aussie Barbecue Heroes TV show. Did you get that over in WA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do have TV in WA. Steady um, uh, so. uh, on that. That 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 wasn't what I meant. I just didn't know if it was regional programming. <laughs> no, 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 no. We we definitely saw that. So um, yeah. So saw saw the Shank Brothers uh, take out the biggies on that one. So um, yeah, again, it was good. It was good to see something like that where um, you know. You sort of see, you know, your scene that you're part of actually get on national television is is a big deal, and you know, people that you know through the scene um, to get up there is is encouraging to see. Yeah, it was it's nice to uh, you know you can sit down and turn on Netflix and catch up on Barbecue Pitmasters, and then you uh, you know you you flick on your your local TV, and then there's you know uh, something very similar, but with a with a nice Aussie spin on it. It was kind of nice to see, you know where the Australian direction is, is, is heading. And it was, um, that show was quite different to, uh, to barbecue pit masters. So it was nice to see that, that Aussie spin on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Just getting back to your burgers there for a minute. And you were talking about Instagram there before your photos and burger creations are pretty legendary on Facebook and Instagram. Um, are burgers your favorite thing to cook? Uh, I mean, in terms of favourite, yeah, they probably are because they're, they're probably the, the most featured thing on there. Um, I guess the advantage for burgers is, you know, low and slow is, is a huge passion, but it, 
it's you know by its nature it's slow so during the week you can't really just pop out a brisket or pop out a bit of pulled pork um whereas burgers can be delicious and very quick to cook as well so i guess it's part of you know it's part of the passion but it's also by nature it's a lot easier to to pop one out during the week um when you've got a full-time job so um it's it is definitely a passion and it's part the fact that you can you know cook a number of different uh, styles whenever you please. So, um, yeah, I guess a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah, so where do you get the the inspiration for for those burgers? I think I saw one a photo there the other day, the the Stoner Burger with, uh, was it Nutrigrain in there and all that sort of stuff? Where does that sort of inspiration <laughs> come from? Or is that or is that pretty self-explanatory? No, so that one in particular, there's um, there's a group on Facebook called the Fatty's, Fatty's Burger Association. And uh, I think they're predominantly Sydney-based, uh, basically just a, a group of – they're sort of like the Australian Barbecue Alliance of Burgers. Um, they're just a bunch of people that love burgers. And every month they'll have a, um, a an online competition there, which is mostly me and, me and Boomer, I reckon, uh, trying to outdo each other. And uh, the that, that one you're referring to, there's a food truck over in Sydney called Mr. Mr. G's. And they've got a, a burger called the Stoner's Revenge. And so they ran a competition saying, make the ultimate Stoner burger. And that's what sort of inspired um, inspired that particular creation. Uh, but usually I'll just I'll, – I'll come up with a theme and sort of, you know, either think about, okay, well, what would, what would be the key ingredients within that particular theme or that particular style and then just sort of go from there. So what were the rest of the ingredients that were in that Stoner burger? So that one, that one. So my thinking behind that was the the homage to the the stoner at home. So the guy that uh, that gets home and he goes, oh, geez, got the munchies and what have I got in the fridge? I've got a got a frozen pizza. I've got a in the cupboard. I've got a box of cereal. Oh, I've got some got some mints in the fridge. Uh, let's make a burger. So it's got a it had a frozen slice of pizza at the bottom that I'd cooked in the oven. Um, it had a, a burger patty. It had cereal on there because I, I kind of feel like stoners love their cereal. There's always some in the cupboard, um, so it kind of had to feature in there, I reckon. And then it was topped with a, a ham and cheese roll on the top as well because why use a regular bread roll when there's one with extra ham and extra cheese on there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, from a stoner's point of view. So, yeah, I usually – sometimes I just come up with things and just run with it and see what happens. Um, you know, I – I think a lot of things that hold people back is, you know, overthinking things. I just run with it and hope for the best. Um, there's probably a lot of things that don't end up on Instagram if they're terrible. Um, you know, just just run with it and see what happens and, and hope that it tastes good. <laughs> yeah, true enough. So what tips might you have for people looking to up their burger game? Um, well, well, I guess the first thing is, yeah, don't don't hold yourself back. Just, just have a go and see what happens. Um, you know, I think – in barbecue and burgers in general, you know, you see a lot of people asking a lot of questions, um, and and failure is part of the process. So just have a go, and if it doesn't work, think about why it didn't work, and then try and make it better next time. Um, probably for most of most of the creations I come up with, if you look at the like the classic cheeseburger, for example, um, you know, we've got a burger patty, you've got cheese, you've generally got pickles and onion and a bit of sauce. Think about what makes that work. So there's acidity from the pickles and the onion. Um, there's sort of this fat from the, the cheese and the burger patty. Think about all those flavors and then go, okay, well, if I was going to try and make a, you know, the stoner burger is probably a bad example, but with the nacho cheeseburger, I did, for example, um, replace the, um, you know, the vinegar and the the bite from the, the pickles with maybe with, with chilies and, other things like that. So um, just think about your flavours and try and incorporate sort of a well-rounded um, taste. Interesting, yeah. So explore the the, the different complementary combinations. Yes, yeah, so you don't want to overdo it in, in one arena. So if you've got a lot of if you've got a lot of fat from from cheese and meat, you need something to cut through it. Um, so you've got to you got to think about how you're going to balance that all out in the end. Yeah, very cool. Now. You're mentioning mints before, and I remember reading that you have a signature mints available at a butcher in your hometown. Do, have I understood that right? That that is true. Yeah, we've got the the gust based mints um, available at Troy's Meats in Balcatta. 
um, it, it it kind of started out as a little bit of a joke uh, in in a way because uh, I've got an article up on the Gus Face Griller blog about how to make the perfect burger. Um, so I take people through sort of you know the main goal is mincing mincing your own meat, um, worrying about the fat content, uh, so make sure you've got an appropriate level of fat to to protein. Um, and for that week, uh, Troy said, "Well, look, not everyone's going to have their own mincer." How about I make some up for the, from the blend that we, you know, we talked about and I'll have it available as the Gus Face Mints that week so, you know, people can read the article and, and, and have a go themselves. And from there, everyone just went nuts for it. Um, they just started buying it all the time. And, and, and still to this day, people ask me, they go, what's the secret ingredient? And I said, well, mate, it was off the back of the article I wrote. So it's all up there. Um, <laughs> The, the, the ingredients are all on there, um, ready for you to do yourself. And to be honest, sometimes I, you know, I buy it a lot myself because some days you can't be bothered firing up the mincer, so it is quite convenient uh, too. But yeah, it's I, we, we laugh about it sometimes because um, I told everyone how to do it, and then we did it, and they sort of still buy it, uh, buy it from Troy as well, which is it's good to see. Um, but yeah, I sort of said said to everyone, you know, why didn't you buy you know, mince your own meat? Um, and people are still buying the mince. But as long as they're not buying supermarket mince, I'm happy. So, Yeah, that's great, yeah. So do you keep all your offcuts from your cooking to put through the mincer? Oh, 100%, yeah. So um, especially after barbecue comps, it's it's usually burgers for the next week because uh, you've usually got brisket offcuts for days. Yeah, yeah. Now, mate, we would uh, – yeah, now as a blogger, you become a commentator on the Australian barbecue scene. So what do you think, we briefly mentioned this before, what do you think is the reason for the rise and rise of low and slow in Australia? Um, look, I think I think barbecue's always been a big part of Australia in general. Um, you know, even growing up, when I first moved out, you know, you, you get the gasser, you're always out the back cooking, cooking snags and all that sort of, you know, all the other bits and pieces um that are featured on the uh, recent barbecue documentary you know burning burning snags on a gasser um there's been a big part of our culture and i think as people have started to get more and more into food and um thinking about where things come from it's been a natural progression to to then you know pay a bit more attention and do things like low and slow so it's evolved from just wanting to be outside where you can drink beer and have a chat to your mates to being something where you actually put a bit more thought into the process as well. So, um, you know, with all of this sort of slow food revolution, it's all about people paying a bit more attention to where ingredients came from, giving them a bit more love. And, and so naturally I think that drives us towards wanting to, you know, use charcoal and wood and all these sorts of other different things. Um, and then also part of it, you know, being sort of the off the back of America, wanting to do sort of things like the barbecue pit masters and all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, so by extension then, where do you think the low and slow scene is going in the future? Uh, what I'd like to see is I think the American barbecue scenes really sort of pushed us forward. Um, but I think in Australia, really being such a young country is a melting pot of, of sort of different cuisines. So we've got, you know, obviously we're on the doorstep of Asia. Uh, we're starting to get into American barbecue um, what I'd like to see is just putting the Aussie spin on things and kind of melding a lot of different things together. So hopefully seeing, you know, maybe brisket with an Asian influence or, you know, us just sort of taking things in their own direction instead of just, uh, you know, following the footsteps of America all the time. Um, you know, it's been a good, a good instigator to get people into low and slow, but I think let's expand from that and, and take things in our own direction. Yeah, I'd, I agree. I'd, I'd like to see some things like um, maybe some native animal cuts in, in competitions, you know, low and slow yeah, kangaroo absolutely. or emu or something yeah. like that. I, I think that would be really interesting. Yeah, I think so as well. And, and you know, it's, it's good to get that sort of inspiration to go and try these sorts of things. But, um, you know, I think it's just one part of the, the puzzle, you know, and cooking outside and cooking on charcoal is amazing and tons of different cultures do it so combine them all together and sort of play around with, with all of the elements not just try and you know be the best at pulled pork and things like that 
This is Tuffy Stone, and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confessions. It's nice to see businesses out there that see the problems in the world and seek to solve them. Clean Heat Barbecue is one of these businesses. A charcoal and briquette manufacturer, Clean Heat prides themselves on being the most eco-friendly brand on the market today. Harvesting from an invasive species that's destroying valuable farmland in Namibia, Clean Heat Barbecue's products are sustainable, eco-friendly, 100% natural and renewable. Most importantly for barbecue enthusiasts, their products are clean burning and long lasting. It is the fuel of choice for many top barbecue teams in Australia, and Clean Heat Barbecue is known for being strong supporters of the Australian barbecue scene, sponsoring several competitions every season. At Clean Heat Barbecue, their motto is the four Fs, fire, food, and friendship. When those three come together, you'll be fueling your passion. To find your local distributor of Clean Heat Barbecue products, follow Clean Heat Charcoal on Facebook at Clean Heat BBQ and on Instagram at Clean underscore Heat Charcoal and send Abel a PM. Okay, Gus, I brought you here into the confessional to talk about uh, blogging. Um, your your blog, Gus Face Griller, it's, uh, it's definitely one of the best ones out there. Um, how did you come up with the name Gus Face Griller? It's a really interesting name. Uh, so it's a, it's a hip-hop related uh, thing. So I love, uh, as well as barbecue, I love hip-hop. Uh, there's a rapper out there called Ghostface Killer uh, from the Wu-Tang Clan. So, um, yeah, just a lot of people have called me Gusface over the years because my, my name is Gus. And it just sort of evolved evolved from that. Um, and at the time, it was just kind of a throwaway thing because when I started the blog, I've sort of, I've had a lot of hobbies over the years and, I sort of have hobby ADD where I'll do something for a couple of months and then move on. And in many respects, it was sort of a throwaway line because I sort of thought, ah, oh, I'll start this blog, I'll do some barbecue and I'll probably move on from it in a couple of months. But uh, obviously five years later, I'm, I'm still doing it. So it just kind of evolved from a love of hip hop and, uh, and barbecue and, and sort of has grown from there. Wow. So you've been doing Gus Face Griller for five years now? I think so. Yeah, I think it's five years. Huh. Well before the ABA started. That's interesting. So you're you're really one of the pioneers then? Uh, well, it wasn't long before the ABA. It was around a similar time to when Jay started um, the Port Macquarie Barbecue Wars as well because I remember we were on the same forum together and this guy called Jay said, oh, I'm in competition. I don't know if there's – there's much market for it, and I was thinking, wow, this is cool. This is gonna be like a you know American pitmasters and all that sort of thing. And yeah, when you look back now, you know, it's, well, they just had a hundred teams at you know Port Macquarie the other the other day. So um, you know, it's, it's, it's it has really grown over the last few years. Yeah, I think there was what um, oh, I could be completely wrong here. Was there like six teams at the very first Port Macquarie comp? Is that right? It was something like that. I know. I was going to say twelve, maybe, but I'm I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, there was it, only a few, yeah, because back then, yeah, it was it was pretty small. So yeah, it's back and sort of see how it's grown. And that's only been four years. I think this was the fourth one, and there was hundred and one teams. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, a lot a lot's happened in that space of time. Certainly has, mate. So, what was your background before you started the blog? Did you have a writing background, for example? No, I mean I've always I've, I've always enjoyed um, writing. It was more just built on, uh, I guess. As I said, the you know when I started getting into it, no one I no one I knew was into it. So I thought, well, I'll um, I'll document what I do and you know just see what happens. Uh, as I said, maybe I'll move on from it, but let's take some photos and write some recipes and just kind of go from there. So um, it's always been built on. If I enjoy writing about it, I'll write about it. Um, if I don't enjoy it, then I won't do it. So there's sort of been periods of time where I've fallen in and out of love with uh, blogging. Um, there's sort of been times where I don't write for, you know, maybe a few months. And there's been times where I write, you know, a few times a week. So I just sort of I, – I try and roll with it as I enjoy it. Yeah, you've got to kind of capture those creative moments as they as they strike you rather than try and force it to come. Yeah, I mean, you can tell when things are forced. So I try and just um, let it happen naturally, ideally. Yeah, right. So can you take me through the evolution of Gus Face Griller? You told me you started sort of just taking photos of the food. Um, sort of 
how has it developed over time? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess um, you know, sort of five years ago, it was just, you know, hey, no one else is doing this. I'll see what happens. Um, as we sort of discussed in the first segment, um, shortly after after doing it, you discovered the, the ABA was starting and, you know, suddenly there was a little community there. Um, you start to meet people in your own town that are into, into barbecue and it's just kind of, it's just, continually evolving so um you know the start it was just about showcasing um you know me learning how to barbecue at some point along the line i then you know sort of i guess we knew a few things about barbecue so you start telling other people how you do what you do and it just sort of evolves from there i guess it's it's hard to pinpoint some of the key um key turning points in in many respects because they just kind of happen and you just sort of roll with it um you know, suddenly there's competitions and you, you, you're part of that. Um, you know, people ask you to cater for their bucks party or, um, you know, other event and you, you just say yes and you just run with it. So um, I guess there's never been too many conscious moves at the start. It's just sort of evolved and then suddenly, you know, you look back and you go, wow, you know, there has been sort of an evolution along the way, but it's just sort of happened you know, in many respects just by, by accident, by being sort of passionate about it. That all sounds really cool. So you started to mention before that you um, you will sort of fall in and out of love with with blogging. Um, what's an average day like for you as a barbecue blogger? Uh, well, I guess well, an average day. I mean, the thing that probably impacts it, and you you'd probably relate to this, um, you know, through through running the podcast and everything, is an average day is you, you've generally got a full time job and and sort of general social commitments. Um, to deal with as a, you know as, as, as your general day to day, and so blogging really is it has got to be a passion because it takes time out of your life to do it. So if you if you're passionate about it and you sort of if you're feeling it, um, then you'll you'll write a blog post and you'll sort of be right into it. Um, the times where I fall in that in and out of love with it is if you're not feeling like writing about things or if you've had a lot lot on at work. Um, then you just, you, you know, you don't feel like doing it. And so as a passion, you've really got to want to do it to make it work. Mm, yeah, definitely. I know for, for Smoking Hot Confessions, it's uh, it's all been built between the hours of 8 p.m. and midnight for the last three years now. That's right. And you, you probably get home from work and you go, oh, geez, I'd really love to knock off, but I've got to call this jerk in WA called Gus and, jeez, uh, that's going to take a while. <laughs> No, that's the um, that's the beauty of the of the podcast. Moving from blogging into podcasting is I get to just sort of sit around and have a chat now, rather than have to sit down and try and you know bang out an article, which I still do. I, I like I am still publishing articles as well, but uh, this is definitely a lot. Um, it's a lot uh, more motivating. Yeah, I, f- I find the articles. It, it's kind of it. It either takes about half an hour to an hour. Well, it's probably it's probably understating it, but. It's either very quick or it just doesn't happen at all. Like you either sort of fuss through it and it takes too long and then you're just not feeling it and it kind of goes in the bin or you knock it out pretty quickly and it and it happens. That's generally generally how I've found that it works. Yeah, I'm I'm much the same. Alrighty, so there is one particular question that people always ask me about my blog and now the podcast. So I'm gonna put that question to you too. How do you, and I mean general you, not you specifically, how do you make money from blogging? Um, with many respects, I, I, like I probably don't really. Um, so at the start, certainly it was just about documenting the progress. Um, along the way, if anything, you start to get sort of the opportunity to work with people, um, if anything, to highlight some products. So obviously when you're running a blog, um, it's an opportunity for people to get you to review things. So things like barbecue rubs is probably, you know, probably a core part. Um, you know, the odd bit of sort of gear along the way. Um, but for the most part, it, it's more about a passion project. Um, I guess the, the point where the blog uh, became a business is probably around other things like, um, you know, catering or uh, running classes because you've then got, you've got a bit of marketing there behind you. So the blogging, um, when you look back at it, it's sort of started to establish you as, 
uh, I guess someone that uh, knows something about barbecue, hopefully. Um, it certainly didn't start out that way, but it sort of builds that, um, I guess, uh, marketing in the community as, as you being someone and it sort of grows from there. But um, in terms of the blog itself, it's probably not really a money-making project and nor should it be, I think. I mean, um, I think like all these passion projects, you know, you don't start a band with the intention of, uh, you know, making millions of dollars. You start it because you're, you're into it and, you know, it grows from there and you see what happens. Yeah, so from the sounds of it, what, what you're saying is uh, you use the blog to uh, position yourself as a person of authority and then leverage it into other opportunities. Yeah, well, I mean, it's sort of just, again, it kind of happened like that by accident, um, you know, because when I, when I first started it, I, I wasn't a person of authority by any respect. I'd just bought an offset smoker and wanted to take some pictures of uh, what I was doing. Um, with the benefit of hindsight, that's probably what it's grown to. Um, and I think really any, what I'd encourage anyone to do is if they, if they want to start a blog, do it because you want to do it. Don't, don't ever sort of go into these sorts of things because you, you know, you think you're going to make money or because you, you want to sort of build a business out of it, do it because you enjoy what you do. And then if it grows into a business, that's fantastic. Um, but you know, if it doesn't, then you're still going to enjoy what you're doing because it's, because it's a passion. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I remember deciding I was going to try and make money off a Smoking Hot Confessions blog a little while ago, oh, years ago when I first started, and I put Google AdSense ads on there. And uh, have you ever played with them? Not really, no. I had it on there for six months, and I made $22. Yeah, that's it. And Google doesn't pay out till you hit $100. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So I, I canned that pretty quick. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing. And, I mean, you see it with – I mean, in barbecue, it's the smaller scene, but if you look at sort of, you know, a lot of the, like, the fitness and health blogs and all those sorts of things, you know, you see one person hits their straps and starts making, you know, a fair bit of money. And then after that, you see a 1,000, you know, kind of knockoff blogs, you know, little health and health and fitness blogs start up because they want to do it just because they've heard someone made 100 grand doing it. And that's the wrong way to go about it. You know, you, you've got to do it because you want to do it and assume that, assume that you'll make no money from it and, and just, you know, see what happens because you've got to do it because you, you enjoy it, not because you're trying to make a, a quid from it. Yeah, I reckon it's also important to find your own voice too. So as you were saying, a lot of people jump on board because they see someone else doing something cool and it's really important to find your own voice to distinguish yourself from someone else. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean... The use your own voice part's crucial. Um, so if you ever read any of my blog posts, you'll probably notice I, I'll never finish one without probably dropping at least one joke in there because it's my view on life in general is, you know, life's too short to take it particularly seriously. So um, if I can make a joke along the way and try and, you know, make people laugh, then then that's great as well. So, you know, I don't want to ever do, you know, super serious posts on the blog. It's always got to have a bit of a laugh in it and you got to find your own voice in that regard. So um, even with the classes, I'm a fairly sort of laissez-faire barbecue. Um, you know, don't overthink it. Don't use you know, too many temp probes and things like that if I can. Um, and that's just the way I do it. Um, there's other people that, you know, like to measure everything and do things very precisely. And that's not necessarily the wrong way to do it either. You've got to just follow your own voice and tell people the way you think is right. And if, if they think you're right, then that's great. Yeah, so in addition to finding your own voice, what skills do you think are essential for a blogger? Um, well, I guess spelling and grammar are probably probably not a bad thing to have. Um, <laughs> figuring out that web has only got one B is, uh, is, is pretty good. That's a quick way to get yourself burnt on Facebook <laughs> is, uh, is, is spelling <laughs> Weber with two Bs. Yeah, I tell you, mate, we've, I've been running the Weber class about, what since May this year, and I still get people asking for the the Weber with two Bs class. So um, one one day I'll run it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess you know, growing up, I had a reasonable um, grasp of uh, yeah, spelling and grammar. Um, probably the the main skills, yeah. I mean, ability to write is handy. So you've got to 
there's a number of different ways you can get your message across. So choose the one that works for you because um, everyone loves learning through different ways. So if you're great on camera and doing video, then do that. If you enjoy writing, then pursue that path. Um, there's a number of different ways to get your, your message to people. And I think choose the one that appeals to you um, and just run with that. If you're not a writer and you hate writing, don't start a blog because you, you're going to probably just end up hating it and not either not wanting to write posts or when you do write them, the hating the process part will probably come across in some respects. It will bleed through, yeah, for sure. So overall, what sort of people would you say are suited to blogging? Uh, well, I guess I mean, it depends what you consider to be blogging. So um, as, as part of the overall Gus Face Griller blog, I guess, you know, you've got the Instagram side of things, which is just very photo-driven and not very word-heavy. Uh, you've got the actual blog itself, which is, is sort of, you know, obviously a bit more word-heavy and, um, you know, much more in-depth. Uh, you've got things like Facebook, which are kind of a mix of the two. Um, so people that are going to be successful in blogging, again, choose choose that sort of area. So you can have a, a lot of success just on Instagram if you're great with photos. Uh, if you aren't good with words, then pursue sort of the full-blown blog side of things as well. Um, but the people that are going to be successful really are just the ones that are passionate about it. So if you love what you do, you'll find a way to tell people about it. That's a lovely way of putting it. I, I really like that. So if people have been listening to what you've just been saying and they're like, yes, that's me, I've got to get into this right now, what should they do today if they want to start their own blog? Uh, just just start it, I, I reckon. Um, usually most of what holds you back is yourself. Um, just start it and just see if you and, – and just do it if you keep enjoying it. Um, you know, if you – when I write a post and I'm enjoying it, you know, when I finish it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that was good. You know, you, I dropped a couple of jokes in there. I think, you know, I think people will enjoy this. And um, so you put it up there. Uh, there's other days where – in the past, I've thought, oh, I really wanted to put this recipe up there and um, I just couldn't get the words out. You know, it just wasn't really appealing to me and I've, you know, sort of gone, okay, well, that, that one goes on the scrap heap. Um, you know, I'm not going to share it with people. So I, I think just just do it and if you enjoy it, keep doing it. Um, just don't, you know, don't let anyone tell you no. Just have a crack and see what happens. Don't let anyone tell you no. I love it. I was going to say it's the same with um, same with barbecue competition. You know, a lot of people I think hold off competing because they think you know, oh, there's so many great teams out there. You know, it, it must be this you know crazy world that I'm just not part of. Um, but really, it's it's just a bunch of people like you. It's a bunch of you know people that are into cooking barbecue and having a good time and sharing knowledge. So um, usually, the only thing holding you back is you sort of your own perception that. It's going to be a scary world out there, but actually it's, you know, it's pretty relaxed and anyone can get up in, in the competition space. Yeah, they absolutely can, um, for sure, yeah. So thinking about your entire Gus Face Griller history, what's been your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? Um, I guess in terms of the challenges, I, I guess the advantage of starting something that I didn't ever consider to be a business is there wasn't really a challenge per se because it wasn't it wasn't ever intended to be um, you know something that made money or something that was a business. So um, I guess in some respects that's probably its biggest advantage. Is if you don't enter into something expecting it to be a business, then there aren't really any challenges because it, that's not what its intention was. Um, I guess at the moment probably the biggest challenge is time. So, you know, obviously with a newborn daughter, full-time job, um, trying to build up some of these things now like barbecue schools, the biggest challenge is time. So anytime you're focusing on your hobby or your passion, uh, you're either detracting from, you know, other parts of your life. So it's, you know, there's only a finite amount of hours in the week. Um, so you've got to choose how you allocate them. Yeah, definitely. I I struggle with that a lot myself between trying to find, you know, time to take care of myself, go to the gym, time to, you know, be a dad, be a husband, go to work, do all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, that's right. 
and at the moment it's sort of it feels like the, the three factors of my life at the moment are um full-time work uh being a dad and trying to launch the, sort of the barbecue school and run the blog and um you know some days you worry that you're just gonna do a you know an average job of all three or you know um because yeah again there's only so many hours in the day but you know and that's the same with i think for everyone in life you've, you've got to choose how you allocate your finite amount of hours very poignant um so converse to that last question what's been your biggest success and what do you attribute that to biggest success um i, I suppose it depends so um in terms of the competition space, obviously we've had a bit of success over the last uh, 12 months. So um, probably the one I'm most proud of was the the Yaks Barbecue um, RGC. Um, again, mainly because it's probably the, it's the biggest competition we've had in Perth uh, to date, and so it really meant a lot to me. I sort of I walked into that one um, just wanting to have a good time. Uh, I sort of thought, you know, there's Teams coming over from interstate, um, you know, it's the biggest con we've had. It's the first time I was sort of without the rest of my teammates. So um, I thought, look, let's just go in there, hopefully learn a few things and have a have a great time. Um, and we walked away with um, yeah, a couple of couple of trophies. So um, that really sort of took me by surprise and, and meant a lot to me um, because of it. Uh, in terms of, I guess, the maybe the blog side of things, um, the biggest thing was launching the classes this year. So um, that was one that I'd held off for quite some time. A, a few people had asked me about doing them in the past. And I guess when you're into when you're into something like barbecue, you know, I hadn't feel like I, I don't feel like I'm done learning, you know, yet myself. Um, there's always things you can improve on and uh, keep learning. So I'd held off doing the classes because I, I thought I needed to learn more before I did them. Um, but eventually I, I thought, well, look, let's just get them started and we'll see what happens. And the feedback's been fantastic so far. So, um, you know, the success is seeing sort of people that sending you pictures of the, the food they cook after coming to, to your class and seeing them enjoy barbecue as much as you do. So, um, you know, that really makes you feel good, I think, as well. Yeah, okay. So given the uh, the kind of high that you get from that and the – we, we talked about the various highs and lows and falling in and out of love with it. How would you rate being a barbecue blogger? Um, how, would I, how would I rate it? Or a scale of one to ten or are we doing taste, texture and appearance? Or <laughs> Mate, if you're, if you're tasting your blog, I think um, you, you might be doing it wrong. Yeah, I think um, I used heat beads once, so Ongi, Ongi might find a bit of taint on the blog. <laughs> Um, oh, look, I mean, how would I rate it? I mean, it, it's something you're, you're writing about a passion. So, um, you know, I, I rate it fairly highly, I guess. You know, I, I only do it when I enjoy it. So, um, you know, if it's happening, it means that I yeah, probably rate it, you know, so, solid tens. You're listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with barbecue pitmaster Ben Arnott. If you're looking to get behind an Australian company that gets behind Australians, you need to check out Pitt Brothers Barbecue. They're a Brisbane-based business that are known for supporting our return servicemen and women. They have three pre-blended rubs and 15 individual ingredients, making it super easy for you to create your own unique taste sensation. My personal favorite is the rosemary, lemon, and sea salt rub. It's sensational on chicken wings with a sweet barbecue sauce. They also stock premium Gigi lump charcoal, which is grown and cooked in Queensland. While 2017 has been a big year, 2018 is going to be even bigger. They're launching a custom-designed offset smoker, three premium gravies, and are working with competition teams to develop some special new rub blends, such as Porkapalooza by the Smoke and Sappers. You can keep up with all the Pit Brothers news on Facebook and Instagram by following at PitBroBBQ. Right now, they're offering an exclusive deal for you Smoking Hot Confessions listeners. Head on over to pitbrothersbarbecue.com.au, that's P-I-T-B-R-O-T-H-E-R-S-B-B-Q, and use the word confessions at checkout for a 10% discount. Once again, use confessions at checkout to get your 10% discount. Okie dokie, Gus, it's now time for segment three, which is our listener question segment. 
So we've got about uh, what have we got? Six questions here that have uh, the people have rung up and uh, and have left a left a question for you. So we're going to get stuck into them. Are they just six questions from Tony Gimilaro? No, no, no. I've um, I, unless he's used a fake name and uh, and you know put a clothes peg on his nose, he's um, not amongst it. All right, all right. So I I think you're safe. G'day, Dan Rowan, Tasmania Rowan Slow Barbecue. Question for uh, Gus. Just wondering uh, what what what's on his blog. What he normally gets the most traction. Like what topics the readers like the most. Obviously, we run a blog down here and uh, find that. Uh, but yeah, like different topics just get 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 a bit more traction. And uh, some people are interested in stories, more so barbecue stories, and not so interested in sort of you know competition uh, updates and stuff like that. So, yeah, just interested to get his feedback and uh, see what the people of WA think. Cheers. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, so um, I, th- I think recently I've found the, the, like the guides, the barbecue guides have um, given me the most traction. So um, when I first started, I, I, I kind of in my own head thought people were more into some of the crazy burgers and different recipes that I did. Um, and at some point I wanted to put up a, a guide on the snake method was was the main one because people kept asking about it and uh i put it up there and it was quickly the most viewed um article i'd ever had um in a, in a very short amount of time and i thought okay well i guess that's working so i did a few more from there um yeah, it took me by surprise because i thought that'd be a bit sort of more on the boring side in my head um you know i thought people just wanted to see outrageous burgers and, and things like that but uh the guides by far have been the most popular very interesting. People wanting to uh, to get a bit of learning in. Yeah, when you still see people, um, you see people tag tag people in it. You know, someone goes, "Oh, how do I do this snake method?" And you you see people sharing it, and it's still sort of happening now. Whereas, you know, I think sometimes probably the, the burgers I've done have their moment in the sun, and then they they disappear into the ether. Mm, there's always another burger to come along, I suppose. That's it. Always <laughs> is. Okay. Next question. Hi, Gus. It's Dion from Gloucester, Mid-North Coast, New South Wales. My question is, what was the best uh, avenue for promoting your blog that you, that you got your best results from? Thanks. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's, there's necessarily one avenue um, for promoting the blog. I think you, just, you probably have to have multiple avenues. Um, and my key has always been... Um, I think through my regular job, I went to a social media uh, training session once and instead of like, if you think about social media as like being at a party, um, you know, with a bunch of people in real life, uh, which is is scary to imagine, um, you know, if you imagine the person who's there just handing out business cards to everyone and going, hey, here's my blog, check it out. Uh, Here's my blog, check it out. Um, don't ever be like that guy on social media. Um, so just just be cool about it. Um, you know, if you're on Facebook and someone asks you about, you know, something that you've got covered on your blog, um, send them a link and, you know, hope that they check it out. Um, don't be the guy that sort of spams across, you know, the entire internet um, because I think that'll end up being to your detriment. So um, I guess my advice would be don't be a dick about it and, cover all all avenues so you know use your instagram use your facebook um and just kind of try and capture people through through all of those medias that's interesting analogy saying it's like being at a party that's that's a that's a good way of putting it yeah it it always kind of sunk in my head i was like if you can imagine someone you know that guy that's just a networking function or something just going you know he's my he's my card you know you're never going to call that guy because um you know he's a Hi, this is Walton Sickleton. <clears throat> My question for Gus is, if he's done any training in food styling, because his photos just look incredible. Thank you. If you look at early Gus Face Gorilla, that will probably answer your question as to being a no. Um, it's just kind of evolved over time, I think. Um, you know, at the start, I probably just used the iPhone and it was all in, in really bad lighting and didn't really look good and I think just over time it's just been but honestly just training on the job of sorts so um, each time you just make tweaks and you just improve things 
So, yeah, very much just been evolution. I haven't had sort of any training. Um, I do have a couple of mates that are photographers that have given me tips over the years, but um, mostly it's just been, yeah, looking back at photos and going, okay, what could I improve and, and very much a slow evolution. This is Linda from Gloucester, New South Wales. Hi, Gus. I recently started writing a blog about a comp journey. However, I feel that one post just starts to sound like another. What pointers do you have to keep your audience engaged? Thanks. Um, yeah, I guess in terms of audience engagement, I just always ran with if I enjoyed talking about it, then I'd post about it. Um, and it just kind of ran from there. So I, I just always worked off uh, my level of enjoyment. So I tried to never force posts. Um, so, yeah, that's why you you might see periods where for six months I haven't written about something and it's because I just haven't really felt like it. So I've worked on if, if I enjoy writing about it, then hopefully people will enjoy reading about it. Um, and if I'm forcing it, then maybe people won't enjoy reading about it. So I guess, you know, and, and, and treat a blog a bit like a, you know, sort of a public journal do it because you want to do it, and then if, if the readers come, then uh, that's fantastic. Hi, Gus. This is Matt from Brisbane. I'd like to know how often do you um, do you put your blogs up, and more to the point, how do you find um, consistent subjects for you to blog about? Thanks. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I suppose consistency has probably been um, a bit of an issue for me. It depends how you consider. Uh, blogging if it's the actual website itself um that's definitely been an on again off again uh sort of thing so um in terms of finding consistent topics to blog about uh, my issue is probably you know when you get bogged down with uh with life and full-time work you sometimes you know you fall out of love with then going home and writing a you know a thousand word post about uh you know lighting briquettes in a Weber. Um, so, in terms of consistency, uh, that's that's been an issue um, over the years because some days you just don't feel like doing it. So, um, I, I, I work off the if, if a topic sort of inspires me, I write about it, and if it doesn't, I don't write about it. Uh, yeah, good day, Gus. Thanks, Ben. It's Michael from Busy here, mate. Uh, mate, I love the blog. Um, I've had a had a good look through there. Um, with the explosion of popularity in barbecue in, in Australia, there's plenty of online resources around, especially in social media and YouTube, et cetera. Um, mate, I was just wondering, what did you think was missing that motivated you to make your own blog on the subject? Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, I guess at the time there wasn't really an explosion. Um, so it was sort of uh, – at the time, I guess what I thought maybe I want to write about it was I looked around and, and none of my friends were, were into barbecue and kind of did a quick search and I couldn't seem to see any other online um, resources in Australia. So I thought, well, I'll just take pictures of it and document my progress and sort of see what happens. And, and yeah, from there, it you know, it really definitely has exploded, um, you know, sort of all around me, you know, suddenly I, I found all these other people that were into it and, uh, yeah, now it's, a, you know, really burgeoning scene. This is David Ong and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confession. Well, mate, that's all the listener questions that we have for today. Thank you very much for that. But before I let you go, I do have to ask, what would be your top three pieces of advice for people looking to get into barbecue blogging? Uh, well, I guess, yeah, number one, um, only do it if you want to do it. So don't do not do it because you want the outcome. Do it because you're passionate about it because it very much is um, a labour of love. Uh, you don't necessarily get anything from it um, other than just the ability to sort of have your own platform for talking about barbecue um, or, or whatever passion you're into. Um, I guess the second one would be choose, choose your medium. So if you're good at writing, maybe start in a WordPress-style blog where you can write long articles. If you're a fantastic photographer that's just gotten into barbecue, start an Instagram account. Um, or if you're great on camera, then start a YouTube account. So um, there's a number of different avenues you can go down. Uh, pick the one that sort of suits your style 
and um, choose that one. Uh, the third one, oh, where are we going from here? Third one would be, I guess, just always choose your own style. So, um, you know, I love making jokes in all of my articles because um, that suits, suits my personality. Don't ever try and be someone else's personality. Be your own and, um, you know, write about it in your sort of style. So if you're super serious about things and be super serious, that's fine. If you want to have a joke, then have a joke. Mate, those are all top tips. Thank you so much for that. I'm going to throw the show over to you now so you can give whatever shout-outs you'd like and also tell the listeners where they can track you down on the internet. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess in, you know, in terms of shout-outs, who, who do I want to shout-out to? So um, you know, I guess I've, I've mentioned Tony a couple of times throughout the interview. So um, Tony, Gimilara and I have uh, always had a bit of banter over the years. He was probably one of the first ones I stumbled across uh, when I when I was trying to get into barbecue online and I didn't realise there were other people out there that, that did it. So he runs um, obviously the Beard and the Barbecue blog. Uh, Boomer over in Melbourne, um, I think a couple of people follow him on Instagram. I don't know. It's a fairly small account, I think. Uh, no, he's, he's great at what he does. Um, always have a, a bit of a chat with him. Um, Jay and Adam, um, obviously, you know, and Jess running the, the ABA, that's really pushed things forward in uh, in Australia, you know, sort of big time. As I said, when I when I first stumbled across it, it had, you know, um, maybe a 1,000 people in it and now it's got, you know, forty or 50,000. Uh, so it's really growing the scene in that regard. Um, in WA, we've got the, the infamous uh, David Ong, um, who's sort of certainly been pushing the scene over here. Um, and people like yourself, obviously running, you know, podcasts. I mean, years ago, the idea of a, a podcast in Australia um, about barbecue, you know, was, was probably unheard of. Whereas now, you know, there's um, plenty of people that want to listen to it. So, um, you know, the scene's growing all the time, um, and there's a ton of people that make it great. Uh, people want to track me down. Um, I've got obviously the Gus Face Griller Instagram account and Facebook. Um, there's the blog on gusfacegriller.com, which probably needs a bit more updating as usual um, when I fall in and out of love with it. And uh, probably the biggest thing at the moment for me is Perth Barbecue Schools. So um, I'm really trying to sort of push that to try and encourage more people to come through and realise that uh, cooking on charcoal and, and wood is, is actually quite easy. Um, so try and get into it for yourselves. So uh, Facebook and Instagram uh, both have Perth Barbecue School on it. And um, check out one of the classes if you're in Western Australia. Mate, that sounds great. So I'm just going to close out the show by saying it's been fantastic having you on the show, um, having you here in the confessional, and it's been really interesting to hear from a fellow barbecue blogger. Um, this this particular episode is kind of a, a bit of a personal one for me. I wanted to you know get you in, have a bit of a chat. Um, and so, you know, because to, to actually be able to sit down and talk to another blogger is uh, is a it's a treat for me. It's a treat. So I reckon we're going to see um, an explosion of barbecue blogs in the scene now. So I hope we haven't just made our own jobs a whole lot, a uh, whole lot more difficult. But um, I think there's always more room on the broom. Oh, look, we, we might have just made our barbecue blogs the next uh, mummy blog. You know, instead of a instead of constant haul, we might have <laughs> little Gus Face Grillers running around. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> So, mate, thanks for your time, and uh, I really look forward to meeting up with you again in person soon. Absolutely. Matt, I'll probably see you at one of the meat stocks next year. Mate, I'm going to be there with bells on. I had such a good time this year. It was awesome. Yeah, it's good. I want to try and hit the uh, trifecta next year. That's my own personal goal. I don't know if I'm going to manage it, but that's that's the goal. Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't think I'll get to all three, but I'm, I'm definitely going to be at least to, to at least one. Yeah. I don't know if it will, but, yeah, that's, that's the goal. All right, man. I'll catch you later on. Excellent. Cheers. Thanks for the call, mate. Well, family, that's a wrap and what a journey. From a Weber kettle and a WordPress account, Gus has really carved himself a niche and is now running a business from it. Do make sure you follow him on all the socials at Gus Face Griller. That's G-R-I-L-L-A-H. I guarantee there won't be anyone else on there with a handle like this. Coming up next Thursday, Melbourne boy turned Gold Coast superstar butcher Brad from Pure Meats Robina drops into the confessional, in person, to reveal his path to barbecue success. How successful? 
Well, as a specialist low and slow butcher, one of his videos alone has had over 1.8 million views on Facebook alone. As well as revealing his own story, he also drops tons of hints about cut selection and his own preferred ways of cooking them. This one is a must listen. Big thanks and much gratitude go out to this week's sponsors, Pure Meats Robina, Clean Heat Charcoal and Pit Brothers Barbecue. Their support makes this project possible. I've put their links in the episode description, so please click on through to their sites to claim those awesome offers for you loyal Smoking Hot Confessions listeners. If you have a message that you'd like included in this podcast to get out to a barbecue mad audience, send me an email directly at ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Shoutouts also have to go to those who called in and left questions for Gus. Rowan, Dion, Wall, Linda, Matt and Mike. It was awesome to find out what was on your mind, and I know Gus had a great time answering them. If you'd like more, I have published a free ebook that is just for you. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com slash ebooks to get your copy now. I've put a link in the description. Also, head on over to Facebook and join the Smoking Hot Confessions community, and let's continue the conversation. It's a group dedicated to teaching, learning, and sharing all about barbecue, and all the BS is left at the door. Everybody has a place in the Smoking Hot Confessions community. Finally, however you listen to this episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a review. This way, the episodes will be delivered to more people's devices by St. Bernard's with those cute little whiskey barrels around their necks. Until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips and Ben's own confessions. Confessions.